0: This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts.
1: What's up, Raider Nation? Welcome to the Raiders in Paradise podcast, where we chronicle Raider greatness in Paradise, Nevada, a.k.a. Las Vegas, baby. The entertainment capital of the world. So you know it's only right. The great Raiders franchise is there. Luke Straub here. We got Raider Larry Marbley in the house as well. And Raider Nation, we saw another historic finish, another historic game uh, with the Raiders and the Patriots. Not like the tuck rule. Sorry, not sorry. This time the Raiders came out on top, Larry. What is going down? What a game, what a finish. My word.
0: You know, sometimes you get those games, Raider Nation, where the sports gods take it and the sports gods <laughs> give it. And it looks like the sports gods right there threw us a bone. And I yeah. cannot say that I am not happy with that. So it was a well, gift, I will man. take
1: it. It was a gift. We got to take that. You know, Chandler Jones, you know, the Raiders and the, and the Patriots are going to go to overtime. And the Patriots make that stupid lateral. And Chandler Jones just plucks it out of the air. Gives Mac Jones a mean stiff arm and just runs the end zone. It was wild. We're gonna talk about that and that whole game. We're gonna talk about the Steelers game coming up. And the first thing we're gonna get into is just the history of that game. The history that we have with the Patriots, the Raiders do. The history that the Raiders have with the Steelers coming up. And how I mean, how great that was to get that dub against a team like the Patriots, where we have the Tuck Rule in the background. I mean, straight up, it was like some, it was kind of like a Tuck Rule get back of sorts. You know, not fully, because we all know the stakes were higher in the Tuck Rule game, but it was dope. It was great. It felt good. I mean, really good, especially to see the look on Bill Belichick's face, the whole thing. But we also want to talk about what the storyline was going into that game, and that's Derek Carr and how he's going to play with his assortment of playmakers Waller, Renfro, Devontae Adams. And he was inconsistent. And we're going to talk about that because that was the story going into that game. It's going to be the story for the next three games. How does Derek Carr perform with his playmakers? Because there's a chance he won't be back next year, even though we think it's like 90% chance he will. He's got to continue to play well so that Coach McDaniels and the new regime bring him back. So we're going to talk about that. A little bit of levity there after the grandiose performance, historic performance, historic finish. Also, we want to talk about the defense quickly. They're playing better. And we also want to give an offensive line update. Uh, They got some good press lately. I want to talk about that. I've got a take. (laughs) Uh, But, Larry, let's open the show with this. I always like to say this about the Raiders. The two teams in the NFL, Larry, and Raider Nation, this, this, this kills me. The two teams in the NFL that have the most Super Bowl trophies, the Patriots and the Steelers, what do they have in common? Historic plays against the Raiders that started their dynasty. That grinds my effing gears. I don't know about y'all, Larry. I don't know about you, but that grinds my gears. You know, at the same time, it's kind of like the Raiders' place in history. Raiders are villains, right? These are the two, I don't know, according to some, like, you know, Knights in Shining Armor, Knight on White Horse, the good teams, the Patriots, the Steelers, you know, everyone, you know, whatever. NFL loves them. They're a cash cow. You know, right? They're like the good guys, if you will, to some extent. And the Raiders are the villains. And they both had to, they both had to get past the Raiders to achieve their greatness, but they got past the Raiders on controversial plays, which arguably shouldn't have counted that. And were bullshit. <laughs> but here we are. Right. So, right. You know? Um, so it felt good. It felt great to get one on these guys, to get one on the Patriots. Furthermore, the Raiders have a chance to keep it going. I've got some stats on the on the Steelers, which are very encouraging. As far as the Raiders' chance to, to win that game, Larry, even though you alerted me to the fact, it's going to be cold as uh, well—not cold as hell, but very cold, you know, freezing cold during that game. And we'll see. We'll see how that goes, especially with Carr. Uh, just you know, just saying. Right. Um, but you know, it felt great, Larry. Man, I mean, it was it was an amazing win, a historic win, one that will go down in history. And not even to mention the Keelan Cole touchdown. Right. I mean, he looked out of bounds to me. I mean, fully out of bounds, but they just didn't have Larry, they just didn't have the right camera angle. So it was an amazing game, an historic game, and we got him. We got the stinking Patriots and it was it was a lot of fun.
0: Yep. It was fun, you know, definitely having as much as I can, you know, dealing yep. with listening to the radio.
1: Ah, and radio. being
0: able to you know, listening to the home announcers explaining what's going on with the game and giving their viewpoints been fantastic. And really to have one like that, you know, with all the heartbreak and all getting screwed over and over mm-hmm. again with, you know, bad calls and calls that we never thought they even existed that, you know, that all of a sudden existed. And, you know, the rule book and things like that got invented. You know, a lot of the rules yeah. <laughs> invented by the Raiders. <laughs> yeah. Good impact. Right. Infamous in plays and in, in football history. They have been. Yep. Yep. And with these two franchises, very much in particular, to start off those franchises' dynasties. Yes, that is definitely true. Yeah. So, to see something like a play like Keenan Cole at the end of the game and Mm -hmm. have his foot, you know, was it out or was it a touchdown? It had also, you know, I thought about the rule book and hopefully, you know, the rule book would go for us and say that, you know, it was inconclusive and that, like you said, they didn't have the right camera angle and they really didn't. And they didn't, they looked over and so it happened. So the bow, the ball, you know, when you get screwed so many times, Hmm. the ball on just the ads of law of averages, you just hope is eventually going to go your way. And I'm just really happy that it went against, it went our way and we beat a team that where we got screwed over. So it's, it's a good feeling. It's a very good feeling. I don't care how it happens. I don't care how Mm -hmm. it happened. It doesn't really bother me. I don't care how they did it. That was on their own fault and they screwed up and we were able to capitalize.
1: Yeah. The, the irony you talking about, uh, it's a beautiful irony for the Raiders is that you, you mentioned Larry, like, yeah, they messed up. The Raiders capitalized. And we, we were out with with the dub. That is exactly the Patriots way. That is exactly what Bill Belichick tries to do. He tries to play perfect football, mistake-free football, and let the other team mess up. That made it even sweeter <laughs> that they made that stupid bonehead play and the Raiders could capitalize and get the dub over this team that's supposed to be perfect and Bill Belichick and this and Bill Belichick and that. But guess what, Bill? Your team's dumb. <laughs> even your own broadcasters, on the speaking on the radio, Larry, I don't know if you heard the, the Patriots radio. I heard it on ESPN. They used that. I heard both broadcasts, both were spectacular uh, Horowitz and link on our end. And I love the Patriots one because they called the color guy called the Patriots team. Like the dumbest team he's ever seen. That's great. Uh, you know, <laughs> I mean, I love that. Reminded me of Bill Callahan a little bit, but you know, whatever it was, it was incredible. So I love that irony there. They messed up Raiders capitalized. And like you said, it doesn't matter how it gets done. Um, you know, it just went baby, that whole thing that, that is, that is the macro kind of view on this. The Raiders got it done, you know, but you know, during the game, it wasn't so great, you know, and that's what we're going to talk about in a minute. I just want to frame this a little bit again, like during the game, it, it was, it was choppy getting to that point. You know, Raiders were up 17, three, they fell behind 24, 17. That's ridiculous and inexcusable. Especially considering the Raiders passed this year already having set a record for blowing double digit leads at halftime. And they almost did it again, but just win baby. Um, right. It's, it, it, it's grandiose. It's historic. It's Raiders. Like Larry mentioned, the Raiders have all these historic plays. Even the Holy Roller got mentioned. Cause I think it was the last time, like a game got one on a fumble on the last play of regulation or something of that, of that, uh, sort. Yep. Right. So it's, it's, it's awesome. It's historic. It's historic. Like no one's going to remember the details, but going to the, into the game, we were all looking at the details. We're going to talk about that in a minute, but I do want to, uh, Go over that Keelan Cole catch again, Larry, because yo, it's it's incredible that the NFL has all these camera angles. They're doing they're doing instant replay, they're going over everything with a fine tooth comb. All this stuff. And they didn't have a camera with a direct view of this play. I mean, talk about stupid. I already mentioned stupid. And I'm glad it happened that way. But part of me, I gotta be honest, I didn't think the Raiders had played well enough to deserve it. You know, I'm just going to be straight up honest. Like to that point, the the, the offense, especially I played terribly and I'm getting into this negative part. I'm trying to put off till later, but um, let me just talk about, it was a miracle that it counted. I'll just say that. Then when Chandler Jones, when the ball was going into the air, I don't know if you saw Derek Carr on the sidelines, Larry, but I kind of, I kind of felt like he did where it was kind of like. At first, the Patriots were running down the field, and I thought maybe they were gonna score, score a touchdown, because that's how snake bitten the Raiders are. But then, like the emotions changed real quick, and I couldn't even believe what I was seeing. And uh, the Raiders won the game. Then all the feels hit me, where I was like, "Wow, that was historic!" and uh, f the Patriots and all that. It was just incredible to watch. And I guess suppose I do want to connect it again to the Steelers game and just to how the Raiders have an opportunity to do that again. Like I said it in the open of, of the rip here, you know the Raiders have even more history, you could say, or you know, the Immaculate Reception is the most famous play in football. I think I've heard that reference multiple times today on the radio and, and television. As uh, Unfortunately, Franco Harris passed away RIP, uh, the, the the man who caught the Immaculate Reception for the Steelers. But it's a chance for the Raiders to get another one, uh, Larry we're going to talk about the game a little more in detail in a bit or now if you want but how great how sweet would it be to get another memorable victory and all it would have to be is a victory against the Steelers to be memorable to go into this in, into Pittsburgh into the cold and win that game and swat away the Patriots and the Steelers in consecutive weeks and at least get ours for right now and get get those get those wins man that'd be sweet
0: be huge be huge be huge oh man be huge
1: I would feel I would feel so great about that. I would feel like un, I mean unabashedly great about that because I mean the whole NFL is having a celebration right now uh, in the Steelers game, right? I mean, and the Raiders are at the at the butt end of that. It wasn't the Tuck rule wasn't going into my mind against this Patriots team. It was mostly the Derek Carr storyline. But now that this yes. is, is not right, now that this historic play happened and the Tuck rule is being brought up, well, now I want some backs for the immaculate reception really want that um and we, we could get it it's possible any other thoughts on the uh how that how that game went larry as far as the uh h- historic nature of it all whatnot
0: no no definitely it definitely is no i don't think you hate it i also think it's gonna be good to see what's up with the weather and see how the winners yeah, can be able to you know be going against cold teams in a game that you know they have to win and keep the winning streak going so it'll be interesting to watch
1: yeah, no, it's gonna. It definitely adds a lot of theater to the game. Uh, the the weather does. If there wasn't enough theater already, with, it's the immaculate receptions 50th anniversary. But with the Raiders coming off like yet another mystique type play, and you know, the Raiders and the Steelers are known for the biggest mystique type play, if you will, right. So, it adds a lot to it. The weather does as well. Uh, but yeah, we need to talk about how that game went as far as Derek Carr goes because. You know, that game, Derek Carr's performance, which was not bad. It was inconsistent. As Larry said last week, and I agreed with him, he he is an inconsistent quarterback. This game was like the epitome of inconsistent for him, even though he had three touchdowns, which is rare for him. But, like, look, this offense is supposed to be explosive. The Raiders were up 17-3. to They had a gift touchdown right before halftime, a block punt. And of course, Derek Carr converted on a, on a on a pass to Mac Hollins, but they were up seventeen to three. Uh, the defense comes out, stops the Patriots on the first drive of the second half, and then boom, Derek Carr throws a pick six. Now, I'm a, I'm a winners and losers piece. I actually hollered Derek Carr out as a loser, only just for that play. And of course, I got some flack for that, which is fine. I expect it, but it really does confuse me how the flack I got kind of states how that that wasn't Derek Carr's fault. My one comment said that even like the best quarterback in the league would have thrown that interception, this type of stuff. And, you know, I get that it wasn't like, I mean, it wasn't like the worst mistake ever in a vacuum, but this is a mistake. This is a results-based business. And when the Raiders are up 17-3 to and they've blown tons of second-half leads, like, why do you think that is? It's because of the players on the field in large part in addition to the coaching. I And I think that showed us it has a lot to do with Derek Carr's inconsistency when he threw that pick six. Very lackadaisical, in my opinion. And it started a downward slide. That is inexcusable, and that is the epitome of inconsistency. And, of course, Derek Carr had a clutch play later, Larry, but I think clutch play at times equals inconsistency for him. You know, I mean, the the defensive touchdown won it. Uh, and the bottom line, they had 22 yards in the third quarter and this offense is supposed to be explosive. Devontae Adams was like nowhere to be found in the second half and run from Waller barely factors at all. So, um, Derek Carr had a terrible performance, in my opinion, I know it's crazy. He had three touchdowns and he had the clutch, clutch, tu- clutch, uh, touchdown at the end, but we just need a lot more from that guy. I think his inconsistency lends a lot to the Raiders inability to close out teams, man.
0: Yeah, I think it's a combination of Josh McDaniels coaching and why the Raiders come on coach a seventeen to three game and only to I think the third quarter has been the Raiders worst quarter. Yeah, I think that they're always having to come back from these games because of of bad coaching and bad execution. It's really just terrible. It's really just terrible. And I'm listening to the game, and you know Derek Carr has a ton of pre-snap penalties true that he is trying to change the play that I'm listening to Lincoln Kennedy like lose his shit on Lincoln Kennedy lost his shit (laughs) because of the pre-snap penalties because Derek Carr is sitting there trying to change the play and trying to do all these blocking schemes where you should just be running the play or you know if anything you're going to have to come out of the huddle a lot faster has to be a lot more cleaner but it's just it's way you know it's unfortunately you know like I said it's inconsistent he throws a great ball at Jaron Waller so the mm-hmm. so now the native you know the narrative could be hey we didn't have these quote unquote weapons Luke and Lawrence right. we didn't have Darren Waller and we didn't have Hunter Renfro and now we do have them and we beat the Patriots doesn't matter that Chandler Jones took a and we were on this horrific slide and threw a pick six but well, we got a touchdown to Waller and we got some catches to Renfro and now we're gonna quote unquote get our groove and that's where the quote-unquote consistency issue happens. Mm -hmm. Well, the Raiders have, you know, and this game just showed you, like Luke alluded to, a microcosm of Derek Carr's inconsistent season. Makes a couple good throws, makes an awful, you know, awful clunker (laughs) like some of the games he's had, and then goes out there and, the, you know, cannot put a team away if their life depends on it. They have no, and it has to do with both, play calling and bad execution. I think it's a. I think it's a thing of both. And I think yeah, that I think Derek so. Carr doesn't make it easy. Derek Carr does not make it easy because he's not executing. The Raiders are having to play behind the freaking sticks because Derek Carr is trying to call every fucking play and every audible he possibly can. And the clock winds down and the Raiders get false start penalties. The Raiders get tons of penalties. Right. There's that. like
1: the, the, the delay of games or like multiple, I like think three times it was an issue. I think once it didn't get called, right. I think twice and once it was called and once he had a call
0: timeout multiple issues, multiple issues like that, where Derek Carr is just, you know, it's just what it is. This is what you're getting. And, you know, you you get this quarterback like this and, you know, he, you know, his inconsistent play ended up winning the game this time, but Hey, we all know the inconsistent plays that we're watching over the course of the season didn't win the games. So a lot of times, you know, this hasn't won the games this time Raiders got lucky they were able to you know, get, you know, lucky with a backward pass. to What's Jones.
1: stupid play that should have never happened. I mean, that's what it really was. I mean, the Patriots made a really stupid play. It should have never happened. It should have went into overtime. I think the Raiders chances of winning in overtime are great because Larry, that game should have been over like a long time before that. The Raiders were. The Raiders should have been winning that game by a lot of points. They should have been winning by a lot of points, but they were not winning by a lot of points. The defense only allowed – did not allow a touchdown until the fourth quarter, did the Raiders' defense. And you've got an offense that's supposed to be explosive. And it wasn't explosive. What is the problem here? I know it, was our, it, it wasn't it was their first time playing together. You know, they've had a whole season to bond, and I, I know, you know – that counts, in my opinion. You had the first two, first two games of the year where they're all together on the field as far as the playmakers we mentioned. What is the issue yep. here? Why, why, you know, it really, I was watching that game and I was like dying. I was like a man in the desert. I'm like, where is this offense? Where is Devontae Adams? What is going on? It was, it was ridiculous. I, I can't take much more of it, you know, because this is what the Raiders are supposed to be. This is what they're supposed to be. They're supposed to, supposed to be an explosive offense. They were not an explosive offense, and uh, you got to squeak out the, the the game on this crazy, stupid play that should have never happened. It's it's to me it's just not good enough. It's it's historic. It's incredible. I'm going to remember it forever, and it was a lot of fun. And I have to say for myself personally, you know, mostly after I sat back and reflected on it, that's just me personally because I'm thinking about all this stuff that I didn't like. Layer like for example. Uh, let me just, uh, Josh Dubot, everyone's favorite stat, Raider stat nerd. <laughs> uh, I uh, call him a nerd with respect. But five games with double-digit halftime leads for the Raiders. Devontae Adams, stats after halftime. 20 targets, three catches. That's in five games. Three catches for 53 yards and a touchdown. What? That is crazy. Talk about inconsistent. Larry, it's, it's McDaniels and Carr. But Carr's the one out there with the ball in his in his on, you know, on his in his hand. He's the one that's throwing it with his arm. What is going on here? You know. So I just was very unsatisfied with what I saw, and I'm I'm happy we we all we got a dub that we can remember forever, and that the Patriots fans just have to you know tuck it under their own tuck it you know tuck it tuck that themselves. Uh, as MC Hammer I think tweeted, but I just need to see a lot better from Derek Carr, and it's it's wild that he had three touchdowns, and I, I'm so critical, but. That game should have been put away. This offense is supposed to be explosive. We need more. I mean, right? Come on, man.
0: Yep, definitely. You know, inconsistent just like the season has been. But, you know, like you said, that game we shouldn't have won. There's a lot of games we should have won where Derek Carr didn't play very good. He played inconsistent. He didn't win the game. So, I mean, we got one where we did, and we're and it was super lucky. We're, you're not going to win very many games when your quarterback is super inconsistent throughout the game. Usually, especially when you're playing a, a team that has, uh, you know, a quote-unquote scheme, like Bill Belichick giving up a pick six like that. You're lucky, you, right, you know, right. so, so giving, you know, being up like that, you know, taking that lead, like, like you just, it's a four-quarter game to execute. And it looks like so far, it looks like Derek Carr cannot execute Josh McDaniels' game for four quarters so far. Yeah, does
1: like it. And it's Definitely, a lot of the blame goes McDaniels' way. You know, I, I we've mentioned that a couple of times. I don't want to completely lose sight of that, but I'm really I I, I can't. I don't know. I, I'm tired. I guess I just need another another whipping person, uh, perhaps. But I'm just looking. I mean, I'm just looking at what I see on the field and like you know he's we've and we've said in past editions of the Rip like. And Larry, you, you've been, you've been, you, I think you charged, were uh, leading the charge on this the most. Like, look, Derek Carr, like, he's the one with his job on the line. You're the one that's got to do it. And we've mentioned before, like, we, we even played, we even played the, the, the sound bite where, where Tom Brady is talking about the Patriots offense when he was working with McDaniels, talking about, like, look, it's my job to get the ball where it needs to go. I forget what he said, but it was like, I'm not doing exactly what Josh McDaniels wants. I'm doing what needs to be done, is what Tom Brady said. And meanwhile, yep. all we hear from Derek Carr is, I'm just doing what Josh wants. It's like, well, no, it's not working. You need to just do, like, take charge. like. And I know it's asking a lot, but for Christ's sake, that's, that's his job. He eventually got there under with John Gruden's offense when John Gruden got canned, uh, or had whatever, that happened there. And Derek Carr knew the offense pretty cold, and it, we were talking about Coach Derek Carr, and he, he was taking charge. That's what we need. You got to get the ball to Devontae Adams. Like I don't know what the problem is. And uh, in addition, especially when you have these these extra weapons, you got to make it work somehow. Or if you're not getting it to, to Waller, get it to somebody. Besides Mac Collins. I mean Mac Collins, I like you, bro, but you're not you're you're not our guys making tons making uh, the, the chunk of the salary that need to need, that need to get the ball that are that have talent. Larry, here's another perplexing stat when leading in the second half the raiders run at the ninth, the 19th highest rate in the nfl so the you know whatever uh more so the raiders passer rating ranks 29th um and they rank raiders raiders passer rating in the second half when leading in the second half passer rating ranks 29th yards per dropback ranks 29th but the yards per carry rank 5th so they they're able to run the ball in the second half but they can't pass it uh, what's what's the issue here? Wow. They they wow. they're the only team to average more yards per carry than per dropback when leading in the second half. Do we realize how absurd that is? They average more yards per carry than per drop back pass when they have these leads. What is the issue? And it seems like a large part of the issue is Derek Carr. And I don't think it's all his talent. I think it's his temperament. You know, trying to do exactly what Josh McDaniels wants. You know, I mean, being, um, he's been inconsistent throughout his career, mostly with the red zone issues. So I don't know. I need to see more and I'm happy the Raiders got that win. So we, we, so we can have some fun, right? Because otherwise that game was not fun. (laughs) That game was not fun. I was, I couldn't believe what I was watching. Um, I don't know what else. Hey, right. you know, yeah, you know, I got some more stats. I think somewhere. Let me dig around here. Any, any anything, Larry? I don't know, man. I'm, I'm kind of, I got a little more upset well, than I thought. Know, of I'm one. just
0: going to say that. Hey, I mean, a lot of people, the people, you know, are also going to say on the coin end that Derek Carr got it together, got that last drive in, mm-hmm. and got his third touchdown against the New England Patriots and was able to win the game. Even though he didn't win the game, they won the game <laughs> off right. of stupid play. Right. But Derek Carr was able to come back and throw, even after having a shitty, uh, inconsistent game, been able to throw the ball and make a play to Cole to tie it, to be able to get the Raiders at that point. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I can see the Raiders, you know, I can see where they get with that. My issue with that is is that that Derek Carr has been too inconsistent on making these plays and that's just one That's there's too many of those plays where it doesn't happen compared to too many plays where it does. Yeah. It just doesn't happen enough. And yeah. I think that, you know, yeah. for several different reasons and Derek Carr and the offense, but, you know, in the, in the coaching, but Derek Carr has, you know, as Rich Gannon said, you have to get it done and you have to win more of these games than you, than you've been losing. So, Hey, yeah. Yeah. you know, Derek Carr, Derek Carr through his, Derek Carr was able to, you know, not play very well and, and you know, get a, get a W. It's, it's rare. Right. It's and, rare.
1: Yeah. And, and, and that, rare. that's something I also want to say, like, I think you, I think you hit on something I was thinking is like, it's cool. Like the just win baby thing. It's great. But like, look at the Raiders record. It's not, it's not, it's not really, it worked against the Patriots, but it's not working this season. Like the Raiders need more. They need more. They cannot continue to squeak by even in 2016. Right. What were they doing? Squeaking by. Even last, even last year when they made the playoffs, what were they doing? Squeaking by. They have all this firepower on offense. They're paying a quarterback, whatever amount of money we're talking about here. We've whatever forty million or something next year. Like they need more. They need more because that's how the team's constructed. Right? Look, that's what it is. I didn't do it. <laughs> you know, they have all their money on the offense. They need more. Um, okay, stat from Josh Dubow. Like Raiders have lost once in the last two seasons when scoring twenty four plus points, once, and of course in twenty twenty as as this is, uh, as one of Josh Dubois' followers points out, in twenty twenty they lost a few games in that scenario, but in the last two seasons, you score twenty four, you win. I mean, it's it's they need more. Let's talk about the defense. The defense is playing better, and you know the defense has allowed seventeen points or fewer to the opposing offenses in four of the last five games. And it, I think it's directly correlated to Chandler Jones, the hero from the Patriots game since week 11. This is per Aaron Reese of the athletic since week 11, Chandler Jones ranks 10th of 79 qualified players in pressure rate. His nine QB hits during that span are tied for fifth and uh, Max Crosby leads the league with 15 boss. Uh, the Raiders are the only team in, with two players in the top 10, let alone the top five. So, hey, what do you know? I mean, it's <laughs> it's too late, right? But I guess better late than never. It's it's good to see in general. You know, I don't know. You wish you'd seen it earlier, but that's, that's good, right, Larry? I mean, that's good, especially when you consider that Jones is logged up for next year at a, for a bunch of money.
0: It's good because you're actually seeing some production instead of zero production, which is yeah. exactly what you saw the first fucking ten weeks of the season. Yeah, you saw absolutely nothing. So I'm glad he's actually producing now. And what do you know? The Raiders are winning games when he produces. Unfortunately, the Raiders are five and eight. Right? tell I me mean, come on. The Raiders are five and out. The Raiders are five and eight. It, you know, it, I'm glad it's happening now. But if you and I'm glad that he's showing promise. Because, you know, we're paying him a ton of money next season that we cannot get rid of. I'm just happy that he's producing right now because, I mean, he was one of the worst investments in football. I'm glad that he's sliding out of that range. Yeah. Is it, you know, <laughs> yeah. I'm happy with that. Yeah. I'm, I'm, it's like, yeah. I'm getting all I can get. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: I'm getting all I can get. And I'm happy that's happening. Unfortunately, you know, it came in a time where the Raiders were behind, too, too far behind the eight ball. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say too little, too late because there were some games where he did play where the Raiders needed the, we needed those games and they won, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to say, if you show up, you know, not show up, but if you start producing stats at week 11, then there's something wrong with that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, it's it's weird. And, um, especially when you consider he's one of the only guys that really knew the system. Plus he's a, you know, he's, he's a edge rusher, you know, theoretically he has probably the fewest things to worry about as far as scheme. You're just like, Hey, go get that, go get the guy with the ball. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know. It's encouraging, I think, I'm going to say mostly for next next season because he's locked in as a Raider. He still looks like, I don't know, he still doesn't look that great, but he, he's producing. He's somehow, he did. Right. you know, I don't know. So it's good. It's a good thing. And cool. mostly the, the cool. defense, you know. I mean, I don't know what to make of it, especially considering, like, the MASH unit they ha- in the secondary and, and the, the no-name secondary that the Raiders had out there against the Patriots. Right? I mean, oh, my God. Uh, but the oh. once once again, <laughs> unbelievable.
0: Mash is a is a great it's a great word to describe. Oh
1: that. my God! But once again, as we always see on the rip, and as everyone should know by now, like a pat a great pass rush cures a lot of ills, and there you have it. So it's a great thing. Let's see that keep up. Uh, I do want to quickly quickly move on to our, our offensive line update, so we can talk a little uh, Steelers and then whatever else is on our mind, Larry, whatever else is on our mind. But mm-hmm. I do want to mention the offensive line. Just because, like, well, first of all, oh, my God, that game against the Patriots, like, the pressure up the middle was absurd. Like, Dave Ziegler, what the hell what the hell did you do to us? Having the Raiders in a state where they have to have two practice squad guards playing that game, I know they had injuries, but I don't care. They released John Simpson. John Simpson ain't great, but he's better. I, I, I feel better. I feel confident saying he's better than the two guys that, he, that were in, Meredith and uh, Jonas Grasau. just from judging on what we saw on Sunday. So that was freaking whack, but um, that's that's one subject, Larry. Subject number two is that I saw an article from the Athletic by our guy Tashawn Reed that gave the offensive of line a lot of credit. And I usually read all the articles from the Athletic. I might not even get around to reading this one because you know what? I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it because the Raiders' offensive of line, while performing better than expected, it's not good enough—not by a long shot. Derek Carr has to give us more, like I've been saying, even with a subpar pass protection. Even though the the numbers say, as what Reed says, uh, they've had a better than expected at pass blocking. Like, look, that's not good enough either. And it's Derek Carr's job to get past that, but my main point is, Dave Zilligo and Josh McDaniels, as we've said all season, you should know what you have in Derek Carr. Like, pressure affects every quarterback differently. Derek Carr has more problem with pressure. Um, he can he can get away with it sometimes when he knows the offensive offense cold and he can call an audible and he can do something slick. But most of the time he's just running for his life or throwing the ball away. So even though the offensive line has performed better than expected and has provided a lot of room for Josh Jacobs to run, like I'm not throwing them any flowers. Really, they're just doing they're just. Be in a line. There's five of them. They're big. They're huge. How bad? You know, whatever. I'm not, I'm not. Anyways, I'm not throwing them any flowers, man. Uh, I'm not satisfied with their play at all. It would be great if they had like a Justin Herbert back there or something like that. A guy that's not going to be so uh, impacted by pressure. That'd be fine. But they have Derek Carr back there. They need, once again, they need more from uh, that unit. So uh, what do you, any, any thoughts about that, Larry? First of all, that, that pressure up the middle was absurd and then um, these supposed flowers that are being thrown the offensive line's way. I'm not buying it. I don't know what you think.
0: Uh, Yeah, that's absolutely ridiculous. It just makes me – I'm glad I didn't read that article. I I can't deal with that type of (laughs) ridiculousness. I just can't. Same. Because I'm sitting up there as the rookie goes down, and I'm first thinking to myself, and I'm hearing who is being replaced with Alex Barr's going down. And I always thought to myself, when when your offensive line is dog shit, it's absolute fucking not very good. I don't care what anybody says yeah. it's the bottom half of the league, and you're releasing players for practice <laughs> squad players. Incredible. You're releasing guys, and I heard saw Big Taffer say like you gave Lester Cotton a whole opportunity in preseason. You're giving him all these looks, and you're going to release him in, like week fourteen of the season, yeah. and replace him with practice squad guys. That gives me no faith mm-hmm. in Mark Ziegler and the coaching staff. Oh, Dave, but see, where's it matter. now? I don't, you know, I don't have to. Buy all these tickets and buy these jerseys. Do whatever you want. I'm just telling you right now, that gives me no faith. Yeah, I have I no you. faith in the management when they did that. Because you can say what people say whatever they want. But I'm listening to the game, and the are you know what? <laughs> Bing Lincoln Kennedy was saying that the the Patriots could get these blitzes up the middle at will because they see two guards. Oh my out there God, back squad
1: red squad red squad meat. Back
0: James, and he said, and he literally said, "You don't think Pittsburgh didn't see that? Are was going to see that mm-hmm, on the? Mm-hmm. You don't think Pittsburgh is going to see that on the film? You know, yeah, you don't think they're going to see that? And guess who? I mean, guess
1: guess who didn't I, mean, I think I don't think they practiced today. Those two guards, uh, in uh, Bars and Parham. So we'll see. We'll see tomorrow.
0: I mean, it's phenomenal to me. And like I said, people don't like to talk about these type of things. Mm. You know, they just, you know, they care about, you know, you're, you just, just a lot of people just care about having Devontae Adams, you know, right. and having Josh Jacobs running around. Uh, this shit matters. And let me just say, like, the Patriots got up the middle and got Spurious heat. That's only going to continue. And when your management tr- lets go of a guy, I, I asked Luke, I was like, why are they, you only release guys for guys you think are going to bring in, they're going to be better. You don't bring yeah. in guys. I don't understand. I don't think,
1: yeah. I don't understand why
0: they released John Simpson. I yeah, think there was, that's gonna no, the be
1: There was no need to. There was no need. I mean, it didn't make no sense. Yeah, it's um it's whack. And you know, I w I, I kinda try to, you know, express the fact that, you know, it, it, this does make it more difficult on Derek Carr, but um, you know, that's his job. And he's he, he's the only one that can save or, you know, keep his own job. This is what, you know, Ziegler and McDaniels, they they think the offensive line is good enough. They're getting good press even is the offensive line. So no matter how difficult it may be on Derek Carr, he's got to get the job done. If you can get the job if you can get the ball to Matt Collins, then maybe get it to Devontae Adams. Let's try that. I laid on Derek Carr. There's 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 factors at play. But the main thing is like, look, this is the storyline going into that game is Derek Carr. Can he do it? This is gonna be the storyline going into the next three games. Derek Carr, can he get it done? And he's got to deal with this offensive line, which we think stinks. And I think, I mean, I full, feel that with full conviction. I mean, past, past pro, especially as we're talking about car here, you know, thank goodness they can have a run game where they can, you know, do some play action or something, but it's just awful. And this is where this takes me back to the offices and Larry, where everything, the Raiders are battling uphill because of this offensive line. And so is Derek Carr, but I'm sorry. We still need more from Derek Carr. And, um, Let's, uh, hopefully we get it. Cause I, I don't, I don't think there's any better options than Derek Carr. You know, I think he's going to be the guy almost assuredly. I think I said 90% earlier, you know, he's, he, he's going to be the guy. There's no other real options. Old ass Tom Brady. I would have loved Tom Brady two seasons ago. Not so much now. So he's got to get it done. He's got to, he's got to do it with, with this, this group of five guys up there, man. I hope they can block and all that, but I still stand by everything I said. We need more. Derek Carr's got to get it done. It's just really sad and pathetic. He's got to get it done uh, with, with this with this group. And it's even worse that they're getting, getting good press. Can't really believe that. Um, okay, Larry. Anything else? We we talk about that? I, I got some Pittsburgh stats. We can kind of uh, work our way out of here with some uh, Pittsburgh Steelers Steelers talk. Let's do it. Okay, so Pittsburgh. It's going to be cold. Can the Raiders get another feel good win against a team, a shining white knight of a team? That the NFL loves as like to prop up as the one of their model franchises because they've won the most Super Bowls in NFL history. Patriots and the Steelers, can the Raiders put notch another one on their belt and get a memorable win? And all it would take is a win. To go in there when everyone's celebrating the Immaculate Reception, ha 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 <laughs> Raiders, we got one on you. And look at all our six Super Bowl rings. That's double what you got. What do you what do you think? You know, Raiders and the Steelers were nothing when that play happened. They were nothing. They were like, crap. They hadn't won their first Super Bowl. They hadn't done shit. They were, honestly, they sucked. And, you know, of course, they had a good team that year, but historically, they were a crappy franchise. Anyways, we get the idea. Can the Raiders make all those fans go home sad when they want? When their natural inclination would be to be happy? Because it's it's they're celebrating. Can we ruin their celebration? Okay, there we go. That's more succinct. Larry, Pittsburgh offense. They are 29th in pass yards per attempt. 29th. Their offense is not good as far as uh, per play metrics. They're 25th in rush yards per attempt, 4.1. 29th and 25th, as far as their defense, and this is when this is where it gets interesting. The Raiders are, pardon me, the Steelers are 28th in pass yards allowed per attempt. 28th, they're very bad. But Larry, they are fifth in rush defense per attempt. They only they only allow 4.1 yards per attempt. That's the fifth best um, amount in the league. And this is why I got Derek Carr's name written down with a big old asterisk right around it and circled. Derek Carr, it's cold. Their pass defense stinks. Their run defense is strong. You're going to have Devontae Adams, Renfro, and Waller. Can you get it done? Can you get the Raiders a feel-good win? Can you stick it to these guys, this franchise, that whole city? Come on. I want to see it, Larry. What do you think, man? Can they get it done?
0: I want to see him get it done. It's going to be interesting to see him get it done. I have not seen Derek Carr ball out in no. cold weather. No, and the stats and the stats, like you said, are geared for Derek Carr to throw the ball. You're going to no. have to win cold games in the NFL. Games where you're going to have to. You don't want to play in games they are just going to be cold. If not now, in December, but in the playoffs in general, mm-hmm. this would be a great, great, great win if the, if Derek Carr plays well in a game that the Raiders would need to hold on and give and really be a great victory against two good franchises. Yes. So it would be a great turnaround, especially for in his pocket. You know, like we're saying we most think Derek Carr is going to be there. It'd be great to show. It'd be great to be after all, you know, pretty much the inconsistent play, mm-hmm. the stats at matchup. Let's see. What DC can do? Let's see what the Raiders can do. If the Raiders can hold on to be in a close game, would be a thriller, and ruin the Steelers' fucking parade. That would be great. Please, so I can't wait. To, I can't, I can't wait to watch
1: it. Oh man, you know what? I mean, this this is Patriots game, you know, uh, the best. You know, like I said, it adds a lot of juice to this game. You know, for me, suddenly, like, yo, we just got to get back on the Tuck rule. Let's go for two in a row. Let's get some get back on the immaculate reception. Let's ruin the party. Let's go. Let's see it. I'm hyped. Uh, Raider Larry, let's, let's get on out of here. Uh, we are the Raiders in Paradise podcast, part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Shout out to the network. Uh, please like, rate, comment, subscribe, all that stuff. We're available wherever podcasts are found. You can find me on Twitter at Luke J. Straub. Find me on the Raiders Wire with my winners and losers piece and other various articles. Uh, find the podcast on Twitter at Raider Paradise. And you can find Larry at Raider Larry with his world-famous Twitter account with the man and GIF as his avatar as you know, I'm sure. So Larry, let's see this party in Pittsburgh ruin. Let's see the Raiders go in there and give history uh, a, a turnaround, a, a turnabout. Let's flip it on its head. Right now, Raiders have a real chance of ruining that. Let's see it.
0: Definitely, I'm pumped. Raiders, definitely would like to get this win against the Steelers, the hated Steelers. Yes, I want the Raiders to play their ass off and I want the Raiders to get this victory. It'd be great. For McTurner and DC, yeah, and the Raiders, yeah, all, be great. So Gotta let's do, do it. it, man. Raiders, yeah. Raider Nation, Raiders, win, lose or tie, Raiders till we die.
1: That is the dang deal. Thank you so much for listening. We will be back next week on the Raiders in Paradise podcast. We will talk with you then.
0: Go Raiders, go Raiders.